But with Hashem's help, with Yat Rishmaya, all together coming together at this moment in time, which is really the culmination of Lagba Oymer. It's still Lagba Oymer. And we're moving out of this day, and the end of a time period, whatever that time period might be, is the Ni'ila of that time period. It doesn't matter if it's a week, and you're coming to the end of Shabbos. Obviously, Yom Kippur, the end of Yom Kippur, is Mamash Ni'ila. We actually had Ni'ila in this hall, right here in the beginning of the year. Some of you um, were joining us. So Ni'ila is obviously, it's a special time because it's just those last couple of minutes. You're trying to hold on to whatever's left to hold on to. The same is true for every time period. Come to the end of Shabbos, it's the Ni'ila of Shabbos. Shalosh is the highest time there is. And it's the same thing like Ba'imer. Coming together now at this time, we have the opportunity, with Hashem's help, to really be able to take with us everything that Lag Ba'imer has to give us, even if we felt for one reason or another that Lag Ba'imer has steadily passed and we haven't yet you know, held on to that. So, okay, so now's the time. Now's the time. You can get everything now. You know, we see that Lag Ba'imer is growing year by year. If anybody has WhatsApp, so you just, you can see, you can flip around to different statuses. I don't know if your status looks anything like mine, but it's just every status is orange, right? Because it's just fire after fire after fire after fire all across the world. And Meron is just exploding, exploding. And this year, because Nebuch of what happened two years ago, the tragedy, so they put into measure tremendous accommodations for thousands more people. We'll see what the official numbers are, but it's, it's, it's clearly something that people are resonating with, that people are interested in connecting to. And this is not just true for Meiron, Lagba Emer in Meiron, but it's true around the world. It's true here. There's so many different events last night. And um, in the five towns, Robert Weinberger, you know, obviously it seems that he had close to 3,000 people. And that was one of the many events that were there. So there's clearly something that people want to connect to. And there's clearly something that's relevant about this particular tzaddik to this particular generation. So with Hashem's help, we want to speak just briefly, because there's so much to say, but briefly, with the time that we have, to speak a little bit about what the relevance of this tzaddik might be for us now. So I want to open with a very fundamental concept, but it's simple. But like all fundamental concepts, the simpler it is, usually the more essential it is, the more fundamental it is. Everybody knows all the things it says on Hallmark cards, and it's cliche, right? They have Hallmark cards here, you know the Hallmark? Yeah? So it's, it sounds cliche, but those are, the, those are the most true things there are, right? And they're the simplest, but they're the truest. And so here's a very true, simple concept, and it goes like this. There's a fundamental difference between the word bar and the word be'er. Two very similar words, bar and be'er. Both of them sort of hint to the same or represent the same kind of concept, right? Water being either drawn out of a, out of a bar, which is a pit, or a be'er, which also is a place where you can get water. But there's a fundamental distinction between a bar and a be'er. What's that? A bar is a pit, and that's a place that we take water from somewhere else and we put it into the bar. We want to store water somewhere. We dig a pit, we put water in there, and now we have water in this place. But a be'er is not a place where you take water from somewhere else and put water in. It's a source of water. It's a living spring. We dig a well, like Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, but really in the, in the Torah, we just see Avram and Yitzchak were busy all the time digging wells, digging wells. What does it mean to dig a well? You don't dig a pit and put water in. 
You dig deep under the ground with the faith and the belief that deep, deep, deep underneath where our eyes can't see, there's something here. There's vitality here. Water brings life to everything. Just reminding me. should probably take a drink also. But water gives life to things, helps us grow. Digging of the air means to unearth a living spring of water. Now think about this. These two words are so similar. They're so incredibly similar that they're almost synonymous. But there's one letter that's different in the word bar and the word be'er. What's that letter? The base and the ratio are obviously the same. But the inside letter is different. In a bar, a pit, that letter is vav. That's how you spell bar, pit, base, vav, resh. That vav is the essence of the word bar. That's the pit where you take water from somewhere else, you put it in. In the word be'er, that middle letter is not vav, it's not ayin, it's aleph. Be'er is aleph. Be'ez, resh, it's the same thing like bar, but the difference is that, that while in the word bar we have a vav, in the word aleph, we ha- in the word be'er rather, we have an aleph. Now obviously, without getting into the depth of it, it's very basic, that the letter vav is gematria, numerical equivalent, is six. That's the numerical equi- equivalent, the gematria of the letter vav. What's the gematria of the letter aleph? One. So now think of it this way. Where else do we have this construct? Six and one. Very basic construct. Where else do we have that? Six days of the week and Shabbos. See, here's the most amazing thing. We sing in L'Chadaydi Friday night. Shabbos is called the Mekar Kihim Mekar Habracha. It's the source of life. It's the source of vibrancy. Shabbos doesn't get what the previous six days of the week give it. No, in some way it does. We're getting into that now. But Shabbos is the be- It's not the end of the week. It's the heart. It's the center. It's the energy, the motor for the next week to come, for the next six days of the week. Shabbos is the Mekar HaBracha. It's the source of vitality in life. It's a Be'er. And the six days of the week is a bar. It's, it receives from Shabbos. Shabbos is the Be'er. Shabbos is Kihim Mekar HaBracha. This day, like Ba'omer being Rajbi's day, the day of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, not just the day that Rajbi was Nifter, right? so it is his yard site, and some can say that he, like Moshe Rabbi, was born on the same day that he left the world, so it's also his birthday. But that's not really why we're celebrating him today. It's also true. It's his yard site and his birthday. It's not the Nakuda. The main thing is, is that on the last day of his life, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed the deepest secrets of the Torah. The primary concepts in the Zohar HaKadosh, it's called a section, it's called Idra Rabbah, the big circle. He revealed today. So much did he have to reveal that he actually stopped the sun because the sun was starting to set and he knew that it was his last day to live and it says in the Zohar HaKadosh, everything froze. Everything froze. The whole world was still. And the only thing happening in creation is Rajbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, sitting with his circle, with his idra, which in Aramaic means circle, of his ten Talmudim, and he's revealing Torah. That's, that's the only thing that's happening. It's like Matan Torah. It's like a revelation. 
So the Zara Kodesh says that at the end, the Talmudim of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai pointed at him, and they said to him, it's a strange thing, they said, Ant Shabbos Dekula Yoyme. Which means, this is what they told him, you are Shabbos. You are Shabbos of all the days of the week. You, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, you are Shabbos. What does this mean? Say about a person, you are Shabbos. What is that? But based on what we're explaining about what Shabbos is vis-a-vis the six days of the week, it means that Shabbos has this capacity to serve as a spring, a living source of water that sometimes you have to dig for. You have to dig in order to access it. It's not there on the surface. You have to believe that there's something there worth digging for. And you have to go about doing the work of digging a well, like Avram did, and like Yitzchak did, which Lesvasema says, all of us are continuing that mission, which is to dig wells. doesn't mean we have a shovel and dig outside in the garden a well. It means that what a Jew is doing every minute is digging wells. We all experience the same world that all the rest of the Hebra over here at the bar, you know, right across the pub, you know, the Hemden pub. It's the same world that they see. But we have the conviction that there's more to life than meets the eye. We're digging wells. You make a bracha, you dug a well. You light Shabbos candles, you're digging a well. So the same fire and the same wicks that everybody else has. Something else, right? You're unearthing something, like Avram did, like Yitzchak did, like all of our tzaddikim did, and all their our tzaddikonias did. Rajvi is Shabbos. Which means to say it's more than a historical figure who lived at the time of the Tanaim and shows up a few times in Shas. It means this concept of Rajvi, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, is whenever in life I need a well digger. Whenever in life I also look in the mirror and I feel that based on whatever external factors may be playing a role in the way that I'm seeing myself, when I need to believe that there's more to me than meets the eye, this is the light of Rabbi Shimon. Whenever I look around the world and I see things falling apart, and I see things getting darker and darker, and I open the news, which is basically a collection of all the worst things in the world that happened that day, and I scroll through it and I think that it's, it's the end, at that moment I need a Rabbi Shimon. I need the light of Rabbi Shimon by Yochai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai reveals the deepest secrets of the Torah. Do you know that Rajbi has, as part of the Zohar Kaddish, which is a very large work, there's a part of the Zohar that's called Tikkune Zohar, which means the rectifications of the Zohar, without getting into the depth of it. What is Tikkune Zohar? Tikkune Zohar is 70 interpretations of the first word in the Torah, Bereshis. So everybody else reads the word Bereshis. It's pretty consequential because it's the first word in the Torah. But you read it, you translate it, you move on. There's another word, it's called bara. And you have to read them one after the other, and then you string together a sentence, and it says in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Okay, so you move on. Not the well diggers. Oh, not the well diggers. They're not in such a rush. They're not skimming like a rock that you skip on the face of the water, and it's in such a rush that it only stays on the surface. Rabbi Shimon, Rajbi, Rabbi Shimon Bayochai, the essence of that name, Rajbi, is the letters shave, just like Shabbos. means to sit, don't rush. Don't be so quick to gloss over the surface of life. Sit with things, go deep, go in. 
You want to go into the word Bereshis? Says Rajvi, you can take the letters Bereshis and you can rearrange them into 70 different words. And that's what the Kunazar is. The whole book is just on one word Bereshis. Rabbi Nachman of Breslau says in Sikha Saran that Rajvi could have also done the same exact thing for the word Bara. He chose to do it on Bereshis. You should know, it's an interesting thing that the Ramchal actually, historically this is very fascinating because people were very upset about this and they put him in Chayrim and they kicked him away. It's a whole very interesting story. But the Ramchal revealed, and he wrote a book that was recently, more recently published, it was in manuscript for a long time, that's called Tikkunim Chadashim. It's called The New Rectifications. And what did he did? He, take, he took the last word in the Torah. He did the same thing. La'ene kol Yisrael. Tikkunim Chadashim. So now we have from Rajbi the first word going in, and the Ramchal, the same thing with the last word. Tikkunim Chadashim. Rajbi is the well digger. And being able to have these eyes. It's the same physical eyes, like we said, that everybody else has on the street. And I dare say that it's the same set of eyes that even the Orthodox Jew, you know, sitting next to you has. It's not, you know. To be able to have the eyes of Eine Hashem, El Tzadikim, the Pasuk in Ashri says, which on a simple level again means Hashem's eyes are focused on the Tzadikim. That's what it means on a simple level. But I'll be penimious. Seeing this Pasuk through the lens of Rashvi, and all the tzaddikim say that it means this on a deeper level, that tzaddikim, not Eine Hashem El Tzaddikim, Hashem is looking at the tzaddikim, no. <coughs> it means that tzaddikim have godly eyes. Eine Hashem El Tzaddikim. They have different eyes. They have different eyes. They have a different way of looking at the world. Eine Hashem El Tzaddikim. To be able to look at life this way, is a gift. It's a gift. It's a total, total gift. Because so much of what we experience is more subjective than objective. Objectively, things that are actually happening, it's like the Miyashilach says, the Ishbitzer in Parshas Vayeshev, says the whole world is a, is a dream. It's just a dream. And like a dream, there are many ways of interpreting different things that happen. And so a person can be so absolutely certain that they experienced this, and this person said this, and that person meant that, and this one did this. And the truth is, is that the, per- this, the person standing next to them, who experienced the same thing as they did, had a completely different experience. We've all experienced this. I have. To be able to subjectively believe that when I hit a wall, it's, it's, maybe, it's maybe a door, Maybe not a wall. And when I hit a gate, maybe it's a ladder. And when I, when I hit a, 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 an obstacle along the road, maybe it's a stepping stone. To be able to look deeper at things and to look beyond what I think is the end. It's the end. So now you need to put on the glasses of Rabbi Shimon Bar Dig a well. Look deeper. It's a gift. Do you know what's referred to as a gift in Chazal? Shabbos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu to tell Am Yisrael, Matana toiva yeshli. I have a good gift. Where is this gift from? Bebeis genazai. From my hidden treasure house. From the hidden place. That's the gift. That's the gift of Shabbos. Of the Makar HaBracha. Of believing that there's living waters beyond this empty barren field. That I see with my eyes, just a bunch of dirt. There's nothing here. Can't do anything with this. 
Matana Toiva Yeshli Bebeis Genazai says Hashem, the Shabbos Shema. Its name is Shabbos, to live a Shabbistic life. Interestingly enough, Shimon ben Yochai is Gematria Shabbos. This whole thing was Shabbos. By the way, parenthetically, some Hasidim have a minute to sing Bar Yochai every Friday night. Not just around Lag Ba'imra time. Every Friday night, by certain Tishin, by the Hasidic Shabbos, they're singing Bar Yochai. It's a very deep connection between Rashbi and living a Shabbistic life. So now we're talking about the connection between Rajbi and Shabbos. There's also a very deep connection between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Purim. Interesting thing. It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch that whatever day of the, of the week Purim fell out on in a, in a given year, that's the same day that my Bo'imer will fall out on. Interesting thing. And even the Mechaber gives a remez that you can remember this in the word Plag, like Plag HaMincha. Plag is Purim Lag. Purim, lag. Purim and Lag of Aymer. Can you remember it? Plag. They have a deep connection. What's the show? What's the connection? Purim, Lag of Aymer. What's the connection? So I want to tell you that there's a Gemara in Megillah. There are many Gemaras in Megillah. It's a very beautiful Misech. It's full of different stories. I got it. Does. There are more, yeah, yeah, there are more seats up here in the middle there. There's one Gemara in Megillah among all of the Gemaras in Megillah that cuts to the absolute root and core of Purim. The absolute essence of it. The essence of the essence of the essence. And the Gemara goes like this. Very briefly, just speak it out. I apologize, I'm speaking very low. It's been a long, long by me. Baruch Hashem, I'm much of a voice left. Baruch Hashem. The Talmidim of a certain Tana came and asked him, why did Am Yisrael deserve such a, such a terrible decree? What terrible decrees? The whole thing? Why? So the Tana answered them as because they were men and the Suddha because they ate from the Suddha of Ahasuerus. So then, now the Tamidim had a stronger question. So then, why didn't it pan out? Like, why didn't it actually happen? Why? If they were deserving of destruction, so that's Xera. Says the Tana, and here's the Lashon of the Gemara, because came loy asu elalifanim. Pnim means inside, but panim like the face, just what you see on the outside. The Tana says, because, sure, what you saw was Jews sitting and enjoying this gigantic feast in Akashverish. But he said, I want you to know that when a Jew is in such a situation, it's the outside of the outside of the outside of them. On the surface, it looks like this is what they're doing. A Jew is a thousand miles away from sin, even while they're in the middle of sin. Rabbi Nachman, Tarzai, and Tanyanit, these two things have no, it's like two magnets that don't, they have nothing to do with one another, absolutely nothing. There's an internalized snake from the, from, the, from the Garden of Eden that tries to convince us that it's a part of us. It's totally foreign, totally, it has nothing to do with who we are. On the outside of the outside of the outside of them, they were sitting at the Suda from Achashverim. They made a show like they were eating the Suda. So HaKadosh Baruch made a show like he was going to wipe them out. It was just a mirror image. Who is this time? It should be obvious. Rabbi Shimon Bar 
This is Rajbi's shita. This is the way that he looks at the world. Don't define things by how they appear on the surface. You see a lot of dirt? Dig a well. Go deeper. A few more Nakudas. This perspective is a, is a whole different perspective in education. Some of you are teachers, some of you are parents. And bless us all to be both teachers and parents. Parents are teachers, they have to be. Because you can look at a kid who's sitting in a classroom, you can look at your child, you can look at a friend even. And you can say, this is who they are, where they are. And our job is to move them from here to there. Our job is to change them, help them develop, transform. Change. But with the eyes of the Rabbi Shimon, of the Tan Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who of course, that goes without saying, was filtered in the most intense way through the base Medrash of Al-Shemta and all of his students, and maybe even more specifically through the, through the base Medrash of the Pia Setsnarev of the Ish Kodesh, Hashem Yikam Dama, if I can into who all these people are, I hope we'll have other opportunities to, to get into all of this together. A different way. From their eyes, what they saw in front of them was not kids that needed to somehow get something from someplace else, to be able to access Kedusha that was extraneous to them. Throughout the Piyasetzner Sefer, Chavis HaTalmidim, I think it was recently translated into English, for, for women and girls. Actually, they put out a specific edition. Try to Google it and find it. The word that he uses again and again is Ligalot, to reveal what's already there. That's already there. It's a whole different way of educating people. It's a whole different way of doing kirav. It's a whole different way of, of being a person. We begin with the assumption that things already are holy. That's the assumption that we begin with. Our job, our task, is to do a little bit of digging. Pull it out. Help that person manifest their innate holiness, their innate wholeness, their innate health. And the unbelievable secret of why this is so important is because all of us go through life and we experience time, sometimes just for a day, sometimes a week, sometimes a month, sometimes longer, where we don't, we don't feel that we still have touch with, you know, with that, that thing, that place, that level, that clarity, that interest, that passion, that excitement, that, that feeling of closeness to Hashem. And the question is how we see ourselves then. Are we a bar or a be'er? Because if we're a bar, if we're a pit that needs to be filled from someplace else, sometimes we just don't have the strength. Just don't have the strength to do that. I, I can't. Sometimes we feel too crippled. I, person, I don't have legs anymore. I, I can't travel. I can't. Sometimes I just feel so weak that I, if I have to get something from somewhere else and put it in this bar, forget it. But if I know in that moment with the eyes of Rabbi Shimon that I'm not a bar, I am a bear. Whatever I want to attain, I already have inside of me. 
then my task becomes not traveling and schlepping and, and, and the hose and putting water in. My job is to dust myself off, see myself for who I actually am, and carry on. Dusting off is a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier. So the Pasuk says, and Mishle, we're familiar with this, Musar Hashem b'ni al-Timas. Right? What does it mean on a simple level, those words? Musar Hashem b'ni al-Timas. What does it mean? I mean that as an actual question. Musar Hashem. What's Musar? Guidance, chastisement, critique. Musar Hashem b'ni al-Timas. B'ni al-Timas means... Don't be disgusted by. Don't cast away. So the Pasik is saying, Shlomo Amalek is saying, listen, we're about to hear Musr. Musr Hashem bini al-Timah. So don't, don't be so quick to just deflect it and hide away. Take it. Take it. Listen to it. Absorb it. That's what the Pasik means. Again, on the simple level, on the surface. Listen to the way that the Hasidic has read this. You can find this in the Lechavich or in the Shalom, that line. It's all the Balshem and it's all Reb Shem. This is literally, it's one base medrash. Interestingly enough, we have two Rajbis. The first one is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and the second one is Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem. So it's also Rajbi. Or Rabbi Yisrael Ben Sara. It's the same thing. It's also Rajbi. Very connected. Very connected. So listen to this. <coughs> listen to the way that the Tariqim read this Passover. Not Musr Hashem Bani Al-Timas. My child, don't be disgusted by the Musr of Hashem. No. It's not the way you read this passage. Says the Heligunasiva Shalom, quoting from his grandfather, the Lachavitri. You know how to read this passage? Shalom Amalek is telling us, Musr Hashem. Do you want to know how Hashem gives Musr? One word. Bani. Bani, you're my child. You are... A ben Abbas Melech. So therefore, Altimas. Don't, don't be involved in lowly things. You're, you're, you're my Ben. You're my child. You're a Be'er. You have a wellspring of holiness inside of you. So try, if you can, to, to do whatever you, whatever you can to stay away from things. It's, it's just below you. This is the way Hashem gives Moser. Bini. Memela Altimas. Says Rav Shimon Bayachai in the Gemara and Shabbos. This is his Shita. It's Pascha in this way in Alachai. Kol Yisrael b'nei Malachim That was Rabbi Shimon Bayachai. He said this. This is not in the Zohar. This is in the Gemara. Kol Yisrael b'nei Malachim He saw the Ben Melech, the Bas Melech, the Prince, the Princess, and every single Jew. When he comes out of the cave the second time, there's so much to say, there's no time. He came out and what did he see? Kamachavivin mitzvah sa Yisrael. He saw this Jew just running around with a couple of plants, Arab Shabbos. It's unbelievable. The holiness of every Jew, the sweetness of every Jew, the simplest, the wisest, the, the, the most close, the most far. What does it mean close? What does it mean far? Who knows? I certainly don't. Kol Yisrael So I want to leave you the last two minutes with a remez. A good, um, like a little bit of a mind trick to be able to remember a lot of these concepts as it comes to like Ba'imer, which invariably will come around way too quickly next year as well. Bless us to be in Yerushalayim next year, all of us. Mm-hmm. And then I want to read you a poem. Two quick things and then we'll 
will wrap up. The Ariyah Kaddish, the Arizal says that when it's a yard side of a tzaddik, it spills over three days before it. Three days before it, you could already start getting, already the light of that tzaddik is shining in the world. It's, it's true, Alpi Kabbalah, not getting into why that is. This is how it is. So if you think about it very deeply, Lagabarim already starts Lamed, right? Already starts on the 30th day. Listen to a remez. This is the light of Rabbi Shimon Yochai. The process begins with Lamed. Lamed is lit. It's a prefix of a word, right? What does it mean, lit? To, toward. So Lamed means that a Jew wants to, wants to go, wants to travel, wants to attain, wants to strive, wants to try to learn with Chalkeinu and all these wonderful programs that are here. They, they want to reach, they want to grow. Leh. But the very next day is Lamed Aleph. Lamed Aleph is, is Loi. It's not so fast. Not so fast. You're going to hit an impasse. You're going to hit a wall. You're going to look across the field and you just it's a bunch of earth. I, I have no water. Lamed Aleph. So you don't, do you know what Rajbi whispers to me and you? Musr Hashem Bini. It's Lamed Beis. Lamed Beis is Lev. Lamed Beis, or Shimon Bayachai, says Lev Tov. Lev Tov. You have a good heart inside of you. You have a pure heart inside of you. There are 32 days until Lagba Imer, and then there are 17 days from Lagba Imer to Shua. It says Lev Tov. Tov is 17. And Lev is 32. Lev Tov. You have a good heart inside of you. And then we come to Lamed Gimel. Lamed Gimel, if you flip the letters around, means Gal, which means to reveal. If you believe in your innate wholeness, then you can keep on pushing even though you hit a, a low, whatever that means in your life, and you don't give up. You get to a place of Gal. And maybe this, going back to the beginning, is why at this time in history when all of us need so many well diggers in our personal lives, collective lives, it's the end of the end of the end, we feel so attracted and drawn to this Rabbi Shimon. And Jews who have no idea, this Torah, Zohar, they, they can't read Barashas that the Kunizar is written on. To, to, they, can't, they don't know the first thing. They come to Meron because it calls their essence, it, it calls who they really are. And that's the Simcha of Lagba Aymer, that's the reset of Lagba Aymer. Gal, to reveal something very deep inside. So I just want to read a short poem, and then we'll finish, which I had the privilege of writing a couple of years ago. And I read it every year, and it reminds me of a certain clarity that I was Zoha to have, and hopefully I'm Zoha to share. And it goes like this. Dancing around the fire, heart of flame, my soul has wings. I leap and twist. The very earth rises along with me to greater heights. The heavens are open. Angels peer through the crack, jostling for a better view, vying for a chance to catch a glimpse of this circle of broken souls made whole by joined hands, hearts intertwined. Oh, how they long to join us. Oh, what they would give for the chance to struggle low and rise above. We are the pinnacle of creation. We who struggle, we who fall, we who find the strength to dust ourselves off and begin our song yet again. Tonight, today, the light of Reb Shimon permeates existence, consuming all with its brilliance. Nothing can stand in its way. 
From within every rock, Hashem's light shines. He is so close, so very close. Reb Shimon, Beheliger is Yiddish for holy. Beheliger, Reb Shimon. All brokenness is a blessing in disguise. All concealment, the greatest revelation. It will be so good in the end, so very good. Reb Shimon, Beheliger, Reb Shimon. The flames dance ever higher, illuminating the night. Creation is thawing. Our icy hearts have melted. Jews overcome with the simple joy of their Jewishness. Light, warmth, and joy. Reb Shimon, the Heiliger Reb Shimon. And my eyes turn heavenward to the infinite Father that loves me in an infinite way. And I whisper to him how thankful I am that I am of those who know Lagba Omer, not merely as the day upon which Rabbi Akiva's students stopped to die, but rather as the day of Reb Shimon, the Heiliger Reb Shimon, whose teachings bring my world to life. Shibizaycha, we should merit to connect to this day. It's a big, big, big day. And Arizal's teaching means that Lagwa Emer flows three days afterwards also. It's a day of tefillah. It's a day of waking up. It's a day of yearning. It's a day of believing I can start again. I can start again. Bless us with the blessing.